All right. Hey, wonderful singing. Thank you guys for leading that music for us. Fantastic. Boy, you can't beat those songs. How many love those songs this evening? Man, I could tell if you were paying any attention, your hearts would have been blessed tonight. I love the contenders and what they've done for us already as well. And uh, it's going to be a great week. This is a miracle. Can you believe we're living a miracle? The fact that we're even here for camp, right? Wow. There we go. Let's go. That's right. Mir Listen, miracles are not small little things, right? They're big deals. So the fact that we're here at camp, I think, is just a miracle this week. And as Pastor Phil has already said, at least to the staff, there's a bunch of camps across America that have had to shut down this, this summer, and they're not even meeting at all. And so what a, great, what a great opportunity, and I think God's got some great things for us this week. I love camp. I've worked in camp many years. I'm an old guy. I know you probably don't think that, just looking at me. I'm athletic. Look, look how I move with the smoothness of a serpent. Watch it, buddy. I know why they put people in the front row. I know why the front row's here. The rough ones. I know some of you. I, I'm not just making this. I, I know you, buddy. I know where you come. I know, I know this over here. Yeah. And hey, listen, who's in the cove? Which ones are in the cove tonight? Yellow? Hey, yellow, where do I wave? I got to know where to wave. Just back there? Okay. Hey, yellow. Good to see you. Hey, listen, I know who they put in the cove, too. The spiritual ones. The spiritual ones are in the cove. I better get some coffee coupons or something for that yellow team. That's right. So as I understand it, everybody gets a chance in the cove though, right, Jason? Okay, everybody gets a... So you'll rotate through. If you're spiritual, you might get to the cove too this week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Of course, I'm kidding. Hey, my name is Monty Kaufman, and I know some of you, most of you probably don't know me. See, I'm already unsocial distancing. Why am I even down here? I need to get back up here. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk from back here. Does this make you feel better? Hey, I'm not against masks, okay? I got masks. I got masks for days right here in my pockets. I'm ready to go. But let me tell you a little bit about myself, and then we'll jump in tonight. And by the way, if you have your notebook, I think there's notes in your, in your little camper book right there. If you can find the page that says Genesis, that's where we're going to be tonight. But let me tell you a little bit about myself. So uh, let's see here. I'm old, all right? I turned 50 on my last birthday, so that makes me how old? Not old, 50, okay? Um, I am, I'm married. I won the wife lottery when I married my wife. Her name is Linda, and we've been married. It'll be, let's see here, what is this year? We'll be married 30 years in December. Yeah, unbelievable. All, I totally recommend marriage, totally recommend it, just not right now for you guys, okay? Just calm down, settle down, okay? Even you college kids that are out there, calm down, all right? Um, God has blessed us with two boys, Cameron and Clayton. Cameron was born with a lot of health difficulties. He was born unable to swallow. 
came as a total surprise to us at birth. Everything went well during the pregnancy. And when he was born, the doctor realized there was some, some problems there. And just to kind of make a long story short, um, the doctor said uh, he can't swallow. He had to go through a bunch of surgeries. And he had a trach, had a trach put in. He had to have a stomach tube put in. Uh, he had a bunch of other surgeries as well, a lot of tests done. And when it all played out, the doctor said that Cameron would, would, would maybe live to be six months old. And of course, us as parents, that was, that was a big shocker for us. And so we just started trying to learn how to take care of him. And guess what? He made it to be six months old. And then the doctor said, well, that's wonderful, but he probably... He, he, it'll be a miracle if he makes it to one years, one year old. Well, he made it to one. Then they said two, and he made it to two. Then they said three, and he made it to three. And he made it all the way up to six years of age, and the doctor said, listen, we've never seen a kid with this many difficulties in his little life make it past six, so we're going to quit predicting how long he's going to live. And you know what we said? We said, you know what, we don't know how long he's going to live, but we know someone who does know, right? We know someone who does know, and his little life is in God's hands. And just this past January, Cameron turned 26. He's 26 years old. That's right, thank you. And uh, would, not, would not trade his life for anything. Uh, I have a long ways to go in my spiritual life. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. i got a long ways to go. But I know I wouldn't be where I'm at today spiritually if it weren't for the lessons that I have learned from my little boy Cameron. And to see him fight and to see him and, and he can't do anything for himself. He can't walk or talk. Uh, we still change his diapers every day. Uh, he has to be on a feeding pump 24-7. It's actually a tube that goes right into his small intestine. He has to be suctioned every few minutes. My wife is an unbelievable hero. I wish she could be here tonight, but she's got to be taking care of him. We do have nurses that come in uh, several hours throughout the week to give, give us a break, give my wife a break, really, uh, but she couldn't get nurses for the entire week. But maybe one day you'll get to meet her, and you'll meet a hero. You'll meet a hero because talk about unconditional love. Uh, she is the testimony of that. The Lord and Linda have kept little Cameron alive for all these years, and I'm so thankful for that. That's Cameron. Uh, then our second son is Clayton. He's 23, and he just graduated from college uh, last year, and he's got a job, and he's working down in Texas this summer, and he loves the Lord, and we're thankful for both of our boys. Uh, but that kind of gives you a little bit about our, our family. Uh, a little bit more about myself. I was born in Kansas. Anybody here from Kansas? Hey, we got some Kansans. All right, Jayhawks? I heard an amen over here, and I got some thumbs up. Okay, I was born in Kansas. I lived 10 years in Arkansas. Anybody from Arkansas? Does anybody come to camp here from Arkansas? It's way too far, okay? 10 years in Arkansas. Uh, then I was two more years in Kansas. 
Then I went to college in Wisconsin. Then I was a youth pastor in Chicago area, Bolingbrook, a suburb of Chicago. Then I uh, was a youth pastor for almost 20 years down in North Carolina. And now I've been in Iowa for one year. This little, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? One year here in Iowa, we moved here almost exactly a year ago, July 2nd. And for the first time in about 20 years, we've actually experienced four seasons during the year. You know, in North Carolina, it's pretty much two seasons, right? It's, it's hot and humid. Those are the two seasons. And it's pretty much year-round as well. So we've enjoyed uh, the, the, the four seasons here. It finally got hot here. This was pretty awesome. About two days ago, it finally got hot, what I would call hot. My parents retired to the little town of Atlantic, Iowa. Anybody know where Atlantic, Iowa is? Okay, good, good. Uh, they retired there because that's where my sister lives, and she married a guy named Victor Nichols, and so she's part of the Nichols. Anybody know a Nichols? Is there, are there any Nichols around here? Okay, there's a few of them. So Iowa farmer, that's where my parents... My wife, she's originally from the Twin City area, and so... We kind of moved back to our family family a little bit here, and so that's a big part of it as well. But I tell you, I am privileged and honored to be here this week. I visited here last summer for just a few hours, came up for one day, but now that I've been here and I'm looking forward to this whole week, this is my first time. Now, I know you guys have been asked already, how many of you get asked this every year, right? How many of you, this is your first time? You guys been asked this already? How many, this is your second time, 10 times, 15 times. How many grew up here? You know, you get asked all those questions, but I'm not going to ask you those questions, okay? So you don't need to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you for my own sake, since this is my first time, what activities are the best activities here? Okay, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What in the wide world of sports is gaga ball? That's got, honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little weirded out about, about that one. Where is Gaga Ball played? Where do I go to watch this? Is it a spectator sport? You can watch it. Okay. Oh, it's kind of a spectator sport. Okay, so it's right out here. All right, and Spaceball, I saw, that's a weird looking game. There's no way I'm getting in that. I've got back problems. I'm old. There's no way I'm getting... Uh, Pastor Capon, do you play baseball? No. Okay. Have you ever played baseball when you were younger? Five, five years ago. Okay, yeah. You're still young, brother. Um, so what else did I see? Spaceball, gaga ball, paintball, garlic ball? Did someone say garlic ball? No. You guys, you guys are tricking me. Don't you be doing that. S soccer? Okay, I've heard of soccer, okay. Nine square? Nine square? Okay. Listen, I'm going to be walking around camp uh, throughout the week, and if you, if you see me walking around and you say, you know what, he needs to see how this certain game is played, come and get me. Stay within six feet, please. Okay? Beckon me. Beckon me. And take me to where this, these games are, because I want to see this stuff. Um, I have already seen the lifeguards. 
So I always check the lifeguards out because I want to see if they're bigger than I am. Because otherwise, I'm not going swimming. You know what I'm saying? So, so far, every lifeguard I've seen is smaller than I am. Where's Jeremy Camberger? Is he in here tonight? He must be in the spiritual zone, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Um, okay. If there's anything else. So, so what else makes this camp a great place? The food? How would you rate the food? How many would say, out of, out of a scale of 1 to 10, how many of you would say it's at least an 8? At least an 8. Okay, that's about 40% of you. How many of you would say the food here at camp is, at, is less than a 4? You better put your hands down. You better put your hands down or else you hope that nobody from the kitchen's all right, so the food is pretty good. What about the location of this camp? I love, I love the location of this camp. You got the lake out there? What in the world? That's a blessing. That's a, what's that big, that big, um, no, the big wooden structure over there? Lighthouse? The climbing, the climbing wall thing? Now you're getting a... You're getting a new building out here. Does that come in next year, Jason? Yeah, Lord willing, if I start giving, it'll come next year maybe? Okay, good. Just give me the balance. I'll take care of that. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, the food, the location. How about your counselors? Do you have, who has a good counselor to, to this week? There we go. There we go. All right. You better, you better say something good. Your counselors are sitting right there. That's good. That's good. Well, listen, listen, this is, this is a great place. I'm looking forward to getting to know it a little better, and you guys help me out. Uh, I might be found in the coffee shop from time to time, so I definitely want to check that place out a little bit. Uh, let me tell you just a couple little short encouragements how you can have the best week ever. You ready for this? You got your pen on your paper? All right, here we go. Ready? Number one, obey your counselor. Hey, 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 write that down. I see you guys back there. Yeah, yeah. I know you're left. I even see you're left-handed. Write that down, son. Uh, obey your counselor. In fact, turn to your, turn to your counselor and point to him and do this. You, 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 you. Louder. There we go. There we go. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what you just did. Let me tell you what you just did. You just unknowingly, unwittingly committed to obey them at every second of the whole week. Okay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Listen. Listen, in all seriousness, your counselors want you to have a great week at camp. If you just do what they say, you're going to have a great week. Just obey your counselor. Number two, you ready? Number two, listen. Flick your ear. Come on. Okay, if wax is dropping right now, quit flicking your ear, okay? 
Listen in devotions. Listen in the morning devotions or the morning chapels. Listen in the evening services. And I want to. I want you. I want to challenge you guys tonight to do this. I'm so thankful for the the gentleman who led the music tonight and had you guys pray for just a few seconds before we started. And it's a great way to get our heart prepared. Ask God to open your mind and open your heart to God's Word, to His Word. Ask Him. Take some time tonight, sometime before you go to bed, maybe in your cabin devotions or whatever you have in your schedule that you can do, and just maybe before you go off to sleep tonight, God, show me what you want me to see from your Word this week, and just listen in your devotions, morning chapels, evening services. And then number three, ready? Obey your counselor, listen in devotions, chapel services, and number three, love each other. Now, I know Pastor Phil put up that acronym this morning, RASH, something about RASH, never saw that before, romantic adoration, affection, sorry, uh, romantic affection shown. So I'm not talking about that, okay? When I say love each other, I'm talking about, as the Bible talks about, loving each other in the way that you actually serve one another. Serve the people in your cabin. Serve each other. Say nice things and encourage them. Be kind. Hey, we're living, we're not living a dream, we're living a miracle being here at camp. Be kind. Serve each other. Meet new friends. How many of you have met at least one new friend this week already? Hey, there you go. Some of the, the friends you meet at camp, a lot of times are the friends you'll, you'll know for the rest of your life, especially in this era of social media and all that's going on there. All right, let's get going. What time do we have? Good. Genesis. Have you found the notes about Genesis? Okay. Why are, we, why are we starting with Genesis tonight? See if this works. It's the first book of the Bible. We're going to go through the entire Bible this week. Are you ready? I got, I got 66 points, and we're going to get through all the... No, we're not. We're going to get through the first five this week, and we're going to start with Genesis tonight. And of course, we can't go through every single verse... So we're just going to do an overview of the book this evening as we begin camp. Genesis is actually a word that means beginnings. In fact, a lot of the, the themes of Scripture are found in the book of Genesis. We're introduced to them in the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis was written by Moses. It was written... 1450 to 1410 B.C., what does B.C. stand for? Before Christ. So that was how many years ago, approximately? Long time, about 3,500 years. About as long time ago. That's right. Good math, buddy. Thank you. So it was written a long, long time ago. It means beginnings, and we're just going to do just a, a quick flyby of of the book. So there's two big main points of Genesis, uh, God and the whole world, the first 11 chapters, and God and Abraham's family, chapters 12 to 50. 
Let's look at those first 11 chapters if we, if we can this evening to start off with. So Genesis starts with creation. In the beginning, God. Let's try that again. In the beginning, God. And that gives us our big idea for tonight. Life is all about God. Can we say that together? Life is all about God. In fact, can you put up an L with your right hand? Not on your forehead, loser. Lame, whatever. Put up an L. Here's how we're going to say it. Life is all... I'm going to keep doing this till I see everybody doing it. Even you counselors. Shane, Noah, I'm looking at you guys back there. Yellow team, get your L's up. Life is all about God. Stand up. Let's go. Come on. Hurry up. Here we go. Say it with me. Here we go. Life is all about God. Sit down. Just the guys. Just the guys. You got to say it loud, guys, because I'm going to give the girls a chance to beat you right here. Yellow team as well. Here we go. Life is all about God. Girls, you ready? Here we go. Life is all about God. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 gives us a wonderful theme, not just of that verse, not just of the book, not just of the Bible, but all about life. Life is all about God. Let me go through that, the first, uh, three, or first 11 chapters here real quick. Uh, creation. Creation happens in Genesis chapter 1. There's a phrase that's used over and over. In fact, it's used seven times. God says, it is good. He's telling us something. He's telling us that everything he does is good. That's why one of the reasons I love the songs we sang tonight, because we were reminded about how how God is good, how Jesus is good. Everything he does is good. You've heard in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many have heard of that before? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And let me explain what that represents. That represents the fact that God is the one who chooses or defines what is good and what is evil. What is good and what is bad? But, if you know the story, Adam and Eve, the first two human beings who were created, they chose to eat of the, the one solitary no that they were given. You, can, you have a super abundant yes, you can eat of all these trees, and you have one solitary no, and which tree did they choose? The one solitary no. You know what? We're just like Adam and Eve, aren't we? In fact, if you're like me at all, I can be going along, minding my own business in life. Everything's going just fine. I'm making right choices. 
I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm staying away from the things I'm not supposed to. And then someone says, don't do this. And what do you think I start to think to myself? I need to do that. Buddy, I'm going to air pound it right there. No, no, still with you. There you go. Thank you. Just, just the one thing you can do, all these things, but this one thing you can't do, and what's the one thing I go to? That one thing. Anybody else like that? Anybody else find yourself doing things like that? Okay, we're just like Adam and Eve. We're infected with this thing called sin and rebellion, just like Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, by eating of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were saying, you know what? We want to define what is good and what is bad. We want to make that choice. We don't want to submit to what God says is good and what God says is evil. We want to make that choice when we want to make that choice. And the troubles began. With that one little bite of disobedience, mankind mankind's troubles began. And if you think about it, that's the root of all of our problems. In fact, we see it here today. We want to choose and define what is good and bad. If someone else tries to tell us differently, we are prone to rebel against that, at least at some point. Now, let me give you some practical examples of that. You guys are all in school, right? Okay? What is the... I'm sorry. What is the worst thing about school? It, it, let me, someone said it, homework, homework. How many of you do not like homework? All right. So you've just had a great day at school. You've been given homework. You've come home and your parents say, okay, it's time for you to do your homework. How many of you say, you know what? I've been waiting for you to tell me that. Thank you. I can stop my video games now. Yes, I can't wait to do my homework. Yeah, exactly. You know why you don't say that? Because you want to do your homework when you want to do your homework. You want to define when you think you should do your homework. Some of you are saying, you know what, I'm a good student. I do my homework all the time, even before my parents. What about when your mom or dad says, hey, you need to go clean your room? Yeah. And what do you say then? The typical person is going to say this. You know what? I don't need to clean my room, or I'll go do that when I want. You don't want to be told when to clean your room. You want to define what's good and evil, and you'll even argue with your parents over the fact if it's clean or not. I think it's clean. Why do I need to clean this? I've been walking on clothes for weeks, but it's still clean. But you know what? Those are, those are pretty... Those are pretty basic stuff. What about those of you who play sports? Anybody play sports in here? Okay, in basketball, I'm a basketball coach. I've played basketball, a bunch of sports throughout my life. In basketball, there's this wonderful thing in the game called a referee. Anybody ever had a run-in with a referee before? Yeah. So, so the referee calls a foul on you, and, and typically, unless you just totally creamed the guy, typically we're like, I didn't even touch 
touch him. What are you talking about? Why? Well, sometimes you didn't, okay? As a coach, I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Uh, sometimes, but you know what? You know why we have a problem with referees? Because we want to define what's good and what's bad. And we sure didn't foul them as bad as they fouled us, and you didn't call it at that end. Call it both ways. Ever heard that before? Yeah. Um, what about abortion? That's a, little, that's a little bigger thing now, but you know what our culture has done, guys? Our culture has defined something like abortion as it's a good thing and it's a right thing. They don't want to listen to what God and how He defines it. They want to listen and make their own. They want to define it themselves. Uh, how about morality? You know, we live in a day, we live in a day where people don't even think anymore about a guy and a girl, unmarried, living together. They don't, they don't even think about that. They say, you know, that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because they want to define what's moral and what's not moral. We live in a day, young people, where there's, this, there's, there's, there's gender questions. And people want to define what they are, rather than having and submitting to what God defines. People want to be in relationships, guys with guys or girls with girls. Why? Because they want to define what's right or wrong. You see how this is such a big deal, and it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. It was, it was Adam and Eve. They were wanting to define what's good and bad, and literally... Over and over, we see it with the protests today. We see it with different religions today. Different religions, they want to define the right way to heaven, the right way to God. They don't want to listen to God and His way. And so, there in the garden, the troubles all began. Chapters 3 to 11, just a downward spiral from there. You had Adam and Eve totally shamed. They realized they had done wrong. But then their kids, Cain and Abel, it didn't even take another generation. Their very own kids didn't just bite the fruit of the forbidden tree. One of them killed the brother. Cain killed his brother, and so murder happened. Then you have Lamech in these chapters, and he accumulates to himself wives He's a very violent man. He basically says, if anyone thinks I'm doing wrong, come at me. I'll take him out. If you read this, Lamech, L-A-M-E-C-H. If you want to look it up later on, you can read about Lamech. And that was just a downward spiral. Then you get to Noah and the ark. How many have ever heard of Noah and the ark? Genesis chapter 6. And the Bible is just so unbelievable in its wording because it basically says this, God, the, the, the wickedness of mankind was so bad and so wicked, God regretted that he had created mankind. That's how bad it was. 
Now, I think about that, and I think about our world today and how wicked our world is today, and I can't imagine something or some part of the world at some time being more wicked than it is today. And it may not be, I don't know, but at that time, God said, you know what, there, there, it's such, there's such wickedness here, and we're only in the sixth chapter that I'm going to destroy all of mankind. Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was spared. Of course, we know that God provided a way of salvation for Noah. Then you had the Tower of Babel. Problems there too, right? They were trying to get up and become God or be like God. And so the whole message of chapters 3 to 11 in Genesis is this. When humans define what is good and what is evil, it doesn't go well. And that's the message for you too. And I hope that you get this when we talk about life being all about God. I hope you realize that when you try to define what is good and what is evil, in other words, when you try to be God, things aren't going to go well for you. And you know what? That's true for you, young ladies. That's true for you, young men in the back. And that's true for this guy right here that's talking to you. That's true for your counselors. That's true for the staff here. If you try to define what's good and evil in your life, if that's how you're going to live your life, things are not going to go well for you. In fact, it will just get worse and worse and worse. But the link in this book is found in chapter 11, Abram's genealogy. And so this is, this is where the book kind of takes a turn. Because in, from chapters 12 all the way to chapter 50, we have a lot of stuff going on. And, and the link is Abram's genealogy. Because in the end of chapter 11, and the beginning of chapter 12, God says to Abram, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. God was saying something there. God was saying in his, in his grace, in his love, in his mercy, he had a plan for humanity to bring them back to a right relationship with God, like Adam and Eve had had, to bring them back to that perfect relationship. And so in chapters 12... Uh, all the way to chapter 50, you have Abram's, Abraham's family. God promises to give him a family. Uh, we know that there are some problems there even because Abraham gave Sarah away twice. Sarah gave Abraham Hagar, and God was still using this family. Then Isaac is born in chapter 21. Jacob is born. Jacob and Esau is born. Jacob in chapter 25. And then the 12 sons or the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel was... Uh, Jacob is actually Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And they have the 12 tribes of Israel, his 12 sons. We also know that Joseph rises to second in command in Egypt, and Joseph's brothers come. They come to him, and he saves them. He provides them food. And in chapter 50, Joseph makes an unbelievable statement. He says, you meant it for evil. He's talking to his brothers. Remember this? You meant it for evil, but what? But God meant it for good. Very end of the book of Genesis, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. And so the lesson or the message of all those chapters is this, humans keep choosing evil. 
You keep meaning what you're doing for evil. But God keeps turning their evil back into good, and somehow He's going to use this family to bring mankind back to the goodness of the garden. A perfect relationship. Somehow He's going to bring it all back. You keep doing evil, but God keeps doing good and bringing good out of it. Let's look at a summary here tonight. You've got this on your notes. Here's the summary. This was our original big idea. Life is all about God. Say it with me. Life is all about God. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. He was there before it began. He caused it to begin. He keeps it going. We have been born into a world that is by its fundamental nature a celebration of one who is greater than us. Life is all about God. Write down Psalm 19 and verse 1. Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. The heavens declare. That word declare means this. Ah! Did you hear that? It means to scream it out. The heavens are shouting that God deserves all the attention. He gets all the glory. You look at creation around you. It's screaming to us that life is all about God. We know that life is all about God. One of the lessons we learn about creation is that when God speaks, it happens. He doesn't even need anything to make it happen. He just says it, and it happens. That's what the message of creation is, because life is all about God. Listen, young people, it's true in your life as well. If God says He's going to do something, He will do it. He keeps His promises. He is faithful. What he says he will do, he will do. And the other lesson we learn about creation underneath life is all about God is that God can make something out of nothing. In fact, let me put it this way. God can make something awesome out of nothing. You know what? None of us can even do that. We have to start with something. These guys who were playing the piano and the guitar up here, they were making some great music and singing some great music. But they had to have instruments, and they had to learn how to play these, and they had to have music. God can do stuff like that without using anything. And that's what the message of creation is, to show us that nothing is too hard for God. Same is true in your life tonight. You may be sitting here, and you say, when you, when you think about your life, you're thinking, you know what, I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. You know, Monty, you don't even know my life. You don't know the things I've been involved in. You don't know the choices I've made. I'm a mistake. I am a loser. I am lame. I'm dumb. I can't play sports. I'm not good looking. However you define yourself, let me tell you something. Stop if you're thinking that because God made you. 
God made you, and he can make something out of nothing, just like he did a creation, he can make something awesome out of it. Second big point here, and this is really deep, sin is bad. Now, I was going to have you punch your neighbor while you're saying this tonight, but I've changed my mind. And I think Pastor Phil is probably glad I did, although you guys are probably not glad. But here's what I want you to pound your, pound your, you use your fist and pound your other hand. No, 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 not your neighbor. Okay, your, your, your own hand. Sin is bad. Say it with me. Sin is bad. Again, sin is bad. Again, sin is bad. Yellow team, I hope you're saying it over there. Listen, if there's a lesson we can learn from the book of Genesis, it's this right here. Sin is bad. In fact, if you want to put in parentheses there somewhere, it's really bad. It's really bad. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, this is going back to Noah now in his days. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Only evil continually. It's like a double eternal. Only evil uh, continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. If you're taking notes, write this statement down, please. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Let me say it again. I've been hearing this statement for, for basically all my life. And many of you have probably heard it already as well, but it's a, I remind myself of this often. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Hey, listen, guys, sin is bad. Choosing to sin is bad. That's what got us in the trouble we're in right now in this world. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And I'm going to add one word at the end of that every time. Every time. Sin will keep you, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay every time. Don't think you're the exception. That's one of the deceitfulnesses of sin is to think, you know what, I know everyone else has done that, and they've got caught, and they, they're having to pay that price, but I think I can get away with it. I've got a better way. I can look at this and, and hide my tracks. I can say this or talk like this with these friends because my parents won't find out, or my youth group at church won't find out, or my pastor won't find out. I can think these thoughts in my mind. Because no one else knows what I'm thinking. But you know what, young people? Sin is bad. If you're sitting here tonight, and as we start this week of camp, if you're sitting here tonight and you've got known sin in your life, get it taken care of this week. In fact, get it taken care of tonight. Repent of that sin. Ask God to forgive you. Say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. You may, you may be doing something that no one, no one even knows about. Would never even, even hint that you would do something like that. 
get it taken care of. Sin is bad. Nothing good ever happens when sin is controlling a person's heart. Number three, where sin is great, God's grace is greater. I don't want to leave you with number two, that just sin is bad and it's terrible, it's going to take you and it's going to kill you. Because of God and His grace, where sin is great, grace is even greater. God's grace is always greater. He always provides a way of salvation. God's message to you and to me and to all of mankind tonight is that in our sin, if we repent, He will forgive. He will forgive us. You may be sitting here tonight and you say, you know what, Monty, but you don't know how I'm living my life. You don't know what things I'm thinking. You don't know how I talk to my parents. You don't know what I'm doing with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. You don't know what I'm watching on TV or on Netflix or on uh, the internet. You don't know. If you knew, you'd probably faint. You know what? Maybe I would. I don't know. But I know we're all made out of the same stuff, and we're all capable of the same stuff. But regardless, I know that God's grace is greater. If you come to God and get it taken care of and repent of that sin, He will forgive you. The Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15, in fact, write that reference down, Genesis 3.15, God says to Adam and Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman, actually he's talking to the serpent, and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That little verse right there, that little verse right there was a foretelling of the cross that Jesus Christ would die on thousands of years later. God was saying, listen, I know you've just plunged mankind into eternal death through sin, but I am going to provide a way of salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, Satan bruised his heel, but when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he bruised Satan's head. And that little verse in Genesis chapter 3 is what that's talking about. God was already saying, you know what, your sin is great, but my grace is is even greater. Lastly tonight, God has a plan for mankind. God has a plan for mankind, and His name is Jesus. I love the songs that we sang about Jesus tonight. Ultimately, God's plan is to bring us back to goodness and perfection, not just physically, but in even a bigger way, spiritually, into a perfect relationship with God Himself, with no sin. One day, We will be in a new heaven and a new earth. And it will all be right. It will all be taken care of. Why? Because that's God's plan for mankind. And, And Genesis begins that story how through Abraham's family, God is going to provide that perfect solution, and that's Jesus Christ himself. Jesus would be born. He would die on the cross. He would be raised again the third day. Hallelujah for the cross. I love that song. We can sing that every night as far as I'm concerned and twice uh, in the mornings and twice at night too. Hallelujah for the cross. Jesus would be the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
God's plan. God has a plan for mankind, and it's Jesus. And so, close your Bibles up. Close your notes up. Let me ask you some questions as we, as we finish out tonight. First of all, is your life all about God? No, seriously. Is your life all about God? And I'm not talking about would your parents say that, or would your youth pastor say that, or would your counselor say that. I'm talking about would God say that about you? Is your life all about Him? Your thoughts, your words, your actions, your reactions, how you treat your parents, how you treat your brothers and sisters. Wow, I just crossed the line right there, right? How you react when someone tells you to stop doing something that you don't want to, that you want to keep doing, or someone tells you you got to do something when you don't really want to go do that. Is your life all, are you, are you consciously trying to live your life and make choices with God at the center? Is your life all about God? Second question, are you allowing known sin to remain in your life? Some of you came here this week, and again, I know very few of you, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but if you're anything like me, we struggle with sin. We struggle with sin, and some of you are sitting here right here tonight, and the Holy Spirit has already touched something in your heart and mind and said, you know what, I'm allowing that to stay in my life, that attitude or that action. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. God says it's wrong. I know it's wrong, and I'm allowing that to stay in my life, and I'm going to challenge you tonight to get that right. Get it right. Is there known sin in your life tonight? Part of, the, part of what camp is all about this week. Part of the reason why your parents or grandparents or family members or church make the sacrifice to send you and make sure you get here is so that you will take care of things in your life. So that you will get stuff right. So that you will make a choice and that you will repent and that you will ask God's forgiveness. Next question, do you recognize your need for God's grace? Do you see God's grace? I mentioned maybe you're here tonight and your life is just, you're just full of sin. And even as a junior higher, seventh, eighth, ninth grader, you've already made some pretty big choices that were sinful. You know what? God's grace is greater. I don't want you to walk out of here or leave this camp this week discouraged and so down because of your sin I want you to understand how great God's grace is. If you need to talk about something, I'd love to talk to you about that. Your counselors are available. We've got all kind of staff available that will share with you how God's grace is greater than your sin. But let me also tell you something else. Some of you might be sitting here tonight and you say, you know what? I haven't made any big sin choices in my life. I'm a good kid. I obey better than my brother and sister. I listen to my teacher better than the other people in my class. I haven't been immoral. I haven't done drugs. I haven't drank. I haven't looked at this or that or bad things. Guess what you need just as much as anybody else? You need God's grace as well. The Bible tells us that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. 
You can't get right with God. You cannot be right with God in your own strength and in your own works and your own righteousness. God's grace is there for even that. And then lastly, have you chosen Jesus as God's ultimate plan of salvation for your life? That's God's plan. Have you chosen Jesus? Because we are all sinners, we will be punished for eternity in hell. All have sinned, Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, God has provided a way of salvation, a way of escape from eternal hell and back to Him through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8, God showed His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. Listen, all you got to do if you've never done this before is admit you're a sinner. God, I know I'm a sinner and I'm repenting of my sin. I'm turning to Jesus Christ alone as the only way of salvation. Romans 10.9 says to confess with your mouth and the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And guess what it says? You will be saved. And you will enter into that wonderful plan that God has for all of mankind through Jesus Christ and getting a relationship back with him. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes just for a couple of seconds here. I wonder if Pastor Chad would just come and and play for us just for a few seconds. If you need to do business with God tonight in one of these areas, I'm going to give you just real short. We're not going to linger long. If you can just start playing, brother, just as, as you can. Maybe, it's you, maybe you've got to make a commitment tonight and say, you know what, God, my life has not been about you. I want to make it all about you. Maybe you've got some sin to confess tonight. God, I've been allowing known sin in my life, and I've been playing with it. I thought it wasn't that big a deal, but I've been convicted tonight that I've got to get that right. Sin is bad. Don't play with it. Those are the two things I want you to focus on this evening. Is your life all about God? Confess known sin in your life. This is going to make a great week of camp for you and for the rest of your life if you can make these decisions. Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight that you've given us your word. You give us a book like Genesis. tells us about yourself tells us about the wonderful plan that you have for us. We praise you for that tonight. We thank you that you have given us the the, the greatest thing we need you have provided for us, and that is you yourself. God, I pray that we would be committed to living our life for you. Help us with that. We need help. God, help us to understand the seriousness of of sin in our lives and to look at the examples that we see in the book of Genesis and to take those seriously. And then, God, as you have provided this wonderful plan of salvation in Jesus Christ, 
God, I pray that each one of these campers here this week, that they would make sure of that decision in their life. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Just one last quick question. How many of you would say, you know what, Monty? I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect, but praise God. I, as a testimony tonight, keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. I would say tonight, you know what? I have trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know I'm a Christian. I know I have, I'm part of that plan of salvation, the gospel. I've trusted in Jesus Christ. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. How many would just raise your hand as a testimony to say, I know I'm saved. I've trusted in Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand. Keep it up for just a couple seconds. All over the building. Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray as we close, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jason. God, thank you again for this group. We ask for safety. We ask for protection. But God, we also ask for spiritual revival this week here at camp. Thank you for these, these students and how they've listened so well to your word. Use your word. May the Holy Spirit, we welcome the Holy Spirit to be at work. Work in my life, work in each of our lives this week, we pray. We'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory that's your due. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.